From Studio A in Greenwich, Connecticut, Carl Higby. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Carl Higby Show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. So I uh, wanted to cover a couple things here. Um, I know I took Friday and we did a replay. I was traveling, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. appreciate you guys uh, staying in touch with us. So we are going uh, not live this week. I have a couple things going on scheduling-wise, so we're just making sure that we get the info to you in a podcast. Uh, by the way, as we speak, I'm watching the Trump rally and Ted Cruz you know what? God bless him. Hope he wins. But man, does he have an awkward wave? It is the craziest thing in the world. I watch him walk out on stage and it looks like he's got like someone's pulling strings to make his arms wave. It's amazing. I don't get it. Uh, folks, today's show brought to you by U.S. Wellness Meats. Trust me, I am a fitness guru. I'm a former Navy SEAL. I take working out very seriously. And what you put in your body is just as important. Farm to table, know your food. From their farms to your table, no third party, no games. U.S. Wellness Meats will ship your food for free to all 50 states in Puerto Rico. All natural, sustainably raised food from small business, family farms. It's 100% grass-fed beef, grass-finished as well. Beef, lamb, bison, and dairy, wild-caught seafood. Obviously, the seafood's not grass-fed. Pasture-raised pork and pastured poultry. It's a tongue twister there. Look, they have products for special diets, gluten-free, keto, sugar-free, paleo, etc. Look for these folks. They they serve professional teams. They have college sports teams, world-class athletes, special needs, and your families, just like you. I ate them when I was uh, deployed overseas, and it was was a great, great meal. They can ship it all the way over to Baghdad. They can ship it to you. Look, their animals eat right, so you can too. Order online, uswellnessmeats.com. That's uswellnessmeats.com. For a limited time only, type in promo code FREEDOM. That's how much these guys love America. Promo code FREEDOM saves you 15%. They'll ship it to you for free. So the big thing right now, folks, that we have going on is this migrant chain. It is on top of Drudge. It is everywhere. And it is right now it's 7,000 strong. All right, so 7,000 people. It was, you know, three or 4,000 a week and a half ago. So it continues to be this top story, and everybody's freaking out about it. And, of course, the Demo- this is how disconnected the Democrats are from normal people like us. They are saying, oh, well, you know, we, we have to let them in, and if the Republicans don't let them in, it'll, they'll lose the election. No, that's not. The average American person doesn't want a migrant chain to come into America unvetted. They just don't. It's a fact. And I tell people all the time, I say, the Democrats have gotten this totally wrong. They believe that everybody in America, well, with the exception of a few deplorables, as Hillary calls us, wants unilateral amnesty. And that's just not the case. That is just not the case. The The American people, they want, we want, we're, we're fine with immigration. Nobody is anti-immigration. There's zero people almost. I shouldn't say zero. There's almost nobody who's anti-immigration. It is shocking to me that people would actually paint someone as, well, Trump's anti-immigrant. No, he's not. He's anti-illegal immigration. He wants people to come here on our terms to make our country better. And it's not fair. Honestly, it's not fair to the people who came here and did the legal process. It's, It's really not. So when you have thousands of people potentially marching, and these people are being paid. They're being paid. They're being bussed. They're being told that they can come to America. And they're given a stipend or whatever. But also, keep in mind, they're boarding buses. They're driving somewhere. And when the camera crews show up, they everybody gets out and walks. They'll walk for a mile or so, maybe two miles. 
And then they'll load them back on the buses. They don't believe me. Track their pace. They were, I want to say, 17,000 miles away. And now they're, you know, six, 16,000 or 1,700 miles away. And now they're 1,600 miles away in the space of a day. They didn't walk 100 miles in a day. They just didn't do that. So they have to be getting somewhere. And this, this is intended to be a midterm issue. It, it totally is. This is a play by the Democrats thinking, well, we're going to get these people to the, the border and it's going to be it's going to play in our favor. No, the American people want vetting. They don't want to have unlimited people pouring into our country. There's rumors that there have been uh, Islamic State individuals apprehended in this caravan. Rumored. I can't confirm that. All right. And here's the other thing, too, is the Democrats don't want a solution to this problem. They don't want us to, to solve the problem of immigration. They want to use it as a talking point to what they think is beating us to death, but it's not. Trump was elected because he wanted to build a wall. This is not like something that is um, you know, super you know, mild. This is a lot of people want this wall. We want security. Again, we're happy to have immigration. We just don't want illegal immigration. And, and, and for those of you out there who says, well, this, these are people, these are poor people seeking asylum. No, they're not. Asylum doesn't apply to people like this. They would apply to Mexicans or could could apply to Mexicans. But you, the, the, the rule of asylum is you can't cross through another country. So if you're crossing through Mexico, you could seek asylum in Mexico. You would have to register for asylum to them. Asylum only applies to adjacent countries, or at least in our laws. It's also U.S. Code Section 8, 1182, or U.S. Code 8, Section 1182, gives the president unilateral power. And this is what the, you know, Trump's, what they called the Muslim ban, the travel ban. Well, well this is why it was upheld by the Supreme Court, because this Section 1182 allows him unilateral power to restrict immigration from anywhere in the world at any time for any reason. And the Democrats just cannot get that. So he's said now that he's going to put the military on the border. Okay. This is... This is good and bad. One, I'm hoping it deters people. But what is it... What is going to happen... Let's say this migrant train meets the military at the border. What is going to happen? And I can tell you, folks, these people are going to use this as a talking point for the next 20 years. On either side, no matter what happens. It has to be, the rules of engagement must be very clear. Because what they're going to do is they're going to take the women and children, they're going to put them first, and they're going to use them as a talking point, as the way to get through. And depending on how it goes, civil or not, the military will be blamed. If anybody gets hurt, the U.S. military will be blamed by the Democratic Party and used as a talking point for the next two decades and said that, well, they're, they're heathens, they're terrible people. We're going to have Vietnam-era hatred against the military. Not by the majority, but by a small 5% fraction of the Democratic Party. They're going to be called everything under the book, and it's only going to escalate things. By the way, th here's the thing, though. The Democrats want this to be an emotional issue. They don't want to solve the, like I said, they don't want to solve the problem. 
They, they all they want to do is bludgeon this to death under the for, you know by the Democratic Party. They want to bludgeon everybody to death and say you know obviously not physically, verbally, and make this an emotional issue. I'm mean, they're putting women and children first because they want the cameras to see the women and children. This is a PR play, and they're doing a good job, no doubt. It's wrong, but they're doing a good job. These people and these poor people in this migrant chain are victims. They've been victimized by the Democratic Party, used as a political pawn, because the Democrats don't give a damn, just like Christine Blasley Ford. They don't, where is she? Nobody's seen her. Nobody cares about her anymore. So these people in that migrant chain have been lied to. They've been put, sold a narrative that says if you go there, they will be taken. And you look, Jorge Ramos was interviewing people, and other, the other people have been interviewed. And they've said, like, look, I want to go to L.A. and get a construction job. These are not asylum seekers. They're looking for economic opportunity. Get in line. Get in line with the other people that are coming here for that same reason. But they're being told they can come here no matter what. And I get it. Things might be very, very bad in Honduras or wherever they're coming from. I get that. And I'm sorry. I really am. I, w- I wish it was better. But it also is not America's problem. And call that what it, what, what it may. It is not America's problem that your country has failed economically. We are happy to help. We give hundreds of millions of dollars of aid to these Central American countries. Fact. But beyond that, we're not going to risk our sovereignty for a PR play from the, Democrat, from the Democrats. This is the Democrats want... They want votes. And I can, I've said time and time again, you need to have a system where they can come in quickly, legally, but they won't be able to vote for 10 years. They must contribute. If they commit a crime, they're gone. Like, you know, a system that is speedy and easy to, to navigate that benefits America. You have to, you know, you're not eligible for benefits. You're not like, it, you know, you have to pay in so much. You know, you're on a prorated Social Security system. Something like that. Something where it's not that land of handouts. Where you can get your leg up, where you can get your entry, and you can get... And you're registered, and and I've heard a number of people, very intelligent people, say, E-Verify. I agree. It's in my first book from 2012. I said, look, E-Verify's got to be mandatory. If you're found as a business employing illegal immigrants, then your business will be seized. That is the consequence that needs to happen in order to make change on this. It sounds like a tough... You know, a tough sell, tough spot, but we have to be tough on this. And that's why Trump won is because he was tough on this. I mean, that, that's what has to happen. If, if, if that doesn't happen, this issue can't be solved. This issue is not an emotional issue. It is a factual issue. People come here legally. They spend tons of money on lawyers and process and wait years and years. And people come here illegally and just walk right in and they get almost all the same benefits. It's shocking. It's shocking. And right now, they're making this about the midterms. Is is it, you know, do the, the Democrats genuinely believe, genuinely believe that they can take the House in November? I don't. A lot of the polls... Some say yes, some say no, some say it's a margin. I think we're going to lose a couple seats, but I think we're going to keep the majority in the House. And all the polls that say, oh, the Democrats' blue wave is coming, BS. Because those same polls said that Hillary had a 96% chance of winning, 88% chance of winning, that the same date out from the election in 2016. 
They were all wrong. Like I said, folks, I have the New York Post cover from the next day framed, and it says everyone was wrong. And they were. And these pollsters are wrong again. And you know why that is? Folks, I work in construction, okay? I I work in in huge, large-scale industrial construction. And I talk to the people on these job sites half and half, half Republican, half Democrat. And even the Democrats are so sick of their party. They're disgusted by their party. They don't know what in the world happened to it. And they feel abandoned, and they feel at home with Trump. And these are people that have never, they have voted blue dog Democrat for 20, 30 years. And now they're voting Trump. They're voting Trump because they're sick and tired of the Democrat Party doing what it's done. You know, I talk to these people. Some know who I am. Some don't. And the ones who do think I got a raw deal, Republican and Democrat. They were like, what the Democratic Party did to you was disgusting. They dragged you through the mud for political gain. And that's that's exactly what is being done these days. So is it possible for the Democrats to win the House? Sure, it's possible, I suppose. I mean, anything is possible. I don't. I, I think it's unlikely. And if but if Democrats do take back the House, it will likely because be because this is not a national referendum on Trump. This is a district by district. We have like I think it's 40 Republicans retiring. Maybe it's 30. I mean, it's, it's significant. It's, it's enough to swing the House. And it's not because they, they won a bunch of open seats. It's because they, you know, the, we have people that are, are not are closed seats. It's because we have people retiring and they're basically scratch, they've, they've redistricted in some states too. We took a shellacking in Pennsylvania. Republicans took a shellacking in Pennsylvania by the redistricting lines. It drew in totally new districts. I think it, I mean, it was well played on their part. They did it right in time. But keep in mind, folks, you cannot poll the Trump. I mean, Trump's in Texas right now. I'm watching it on TV. And he is, I mean, honestly, he's having 100,000 people, 100,000 people register for his events with Ted Cruz. These rallies, 90,000 in Tennessee. And then you're having, you know, you, you have, a, normally these people have a 1 in 10, 1 in 15% show up rate. He's having about a third, a 1 in 3, because people love him. You walk into one of those places, you poll that place. You poll the people waiting 24 hours in line to see him. You know, that that is America right there. And you these people are not polling the people who are really going to decide this election. And I think that the Dem and we're going to talk a little bit about the Democratic Party and what they stand for and, and stuff in a minute or what they don't stand for. But, you know, they're going around Texas now and these people are interviewing Beto supporters and like, oh, well, what do you like about Beto? Oh, I, well, you know, I think he's taken in a good direction. Oh, he's, he's hip. He's cool. Well, yeah, what did, he skateboards. That's what it is. He skateboards. That makes him cool. So we obviously we got to vote for him because he's he's hip. He's outraised uh, Cruz by forty million dollars, and he's still down in the polls. You cannot. I mean, like everyone says, you know, the conventional political wisdom is you have to raise outraise your opponent and outspend your opponent, and that's what denotes the win for the election. No. It what it is, it's about 
without messaging them now. People are actually listening for the first time in a long time. People vote. A lot of people voted on party lines. And people voted on who they knew and who they thought they could trust. Now it's about issues. It's about Trump is running on a track record. Cruz is running on a track record, on a mission, on a party platform that works, that has shown to work in the last two years. Beto's not. Beto's running on opposition. He can say, um, he he can say that he is with, that that he has a new message and he's going to take this country in a new direction and it's going to be better. It's not. We've tried his policies. They don't work. And they can't run on anything that, any of the successes of Republicans, because that would obviously be giving credit to Trump, and they, God forbid, can't do that. Trump has nailed it. This is about Kavanaugh. This is about, you know, jobs versus mobs, the migrant train. And Dems think that this, Dems think that what they did, like Elizabeth Warren, like, what the hell was she thinking releasing that one in 1,024th Native American saying, ha, gotcha, Trump, I gotcha, I'm Native. No, you're not. It literally everybody in America is more Native American than you are, Elizabeth Warren. What what comms person thought that was a good idea? About zero, except for your team, which need to be fired immediately. And we've seen this. The Dems' focus on on races have narrowed. They've dropped about fifteen races that they were spending money, and they pulled money out of it to redirect into other places because they see the the belt tightening around their neck. You know, normally, historically, obviously, everybody knows this. Historically. The president on his first term in the midterm elections loses the house or loses seats in the house. Okay, so this and it's normally about turnout. People are just politically exhausted from that election and blah, 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 blah. Um, And so what happens is, is it's normally about turnout. Who can turn out more people? And again, this is not about turnout. There's so many people that are so charged up. Everybody knows when the election is. It's not like some people are like, huh, I didn't know there was an election tomorrow or next week or whatever. Now everybody knows. It's like, look, <laughs> for November 6th, we are going to the polls. Period. And, and it's, it's shocking how many people actually know that. This time, though, the policies are on the ballot. The president is on the ballot, even more so than Obama was. Uh, you know what was? Health care was on the ballot back then, but now it's tax cuts. Trump passed a tax cut that gave middle-class families about $1,000 more on average. That is a significant, a significant number. And Democrats are literally campaigning to take that away. And people don't forget that stuff. It doesn't matter how many negative ads you run. Oh, well, Trump's awful. Don't care. Trump doesn't speak well. Don't care. Trump had an affair with a hooker. Don't care. Trump is separating families at the board. Don't care. What we care about as Americans is that we are better off now than we were three years ago. Fact. We are. We are happier. We are better. And there's a fringe amount of people. And don't be fooled, folks, by this. The people that are protesting this are a sliver. They're a a, a small percentage. Two, three percent total are the activist people. And they're not even the ones in the street. It's like a fraction of 1% of the number of people. There's 340 million people in this in this country. Maybe 350 now. I don't know. You have, you know, never more than a million people engaged in this. Keep that in mind. It's like a third of a percent. So there's, there, there is, there, while they are very loud, 
and sometimes effective, do not think that for a moment that they represent any majority in this country. People don't walk around wearing pink pussy hats. They just don't do that. People who don't have jobs who are paid to do it do. That's, I, I, I see what I just said there is people who don't have jobs. I mean, they don't have a job outside of protesting. They're paid to be activists. It, it's shocking. It is, it is so incredibly shocking. And this, this migrant march has, 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 has really embraced that. And the, the Kavanaugh thing, totally, like, if you go outside the Beltway, if you're in the Beltway, it literally, people in the Beltway think that this was the worst thing for Republicans. You take a step 20 minutes outside the Beltway, and everyone was like, wow, the Democrats really screwed that one up. And, and you know, Trump went out in a, uh, a rally with Giafonte out in Montana the other day, and they were like, yeah, and Trump was like, yeah, body slam. And he's joking, and it's... But the coverage that that got, oh, Trump supported a guy who body slammed a reporter. He didn't body slam a reporter. He got pissed off, and he took a swing at him. Or pushed him. You know, like, you reporters are freaking annoying. And to be honest, like, this is where we're going. But the amount of media coverage that was on that versus the four instances that I talked about on the last show where where Hillary Clinton's basically telling people to not be civil. She is telling people to not be civil. She says you can't be civil. So the opposite of being civil is being not civil. So anybody who says, well, she didn't really call for incivil. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. So the amount of coverage that they got saying, Trump's instigating this, he's endorsing this kind of behavior. Look, you liberals are such whiny babies. And you know what? America was a better place when two people could get into a bar fight, and that was that. And then it would go away, and that was that was done. I always tell people, I think there's two types of people in this world. There's been, and, and however crass as you might take this, liberals, there's two types of people. There's two types of people that have been punched in the face and those that haven't. And the people who have been punched in the face, it's, you know, Pete Hegseth actually wrote a book called In the Arena. It's the same principle. Those people in the arena, they know. And when you're outside the arena, you can critique all you want, but you haven't been there. And when I say punched in the face, it could be literal or proverbial. If you've never endured a hardship, America has it so good. We have it so good. And people haven't endured a real hardship. Like my grandparents who had World War II or their parents who had the Great Depression. You know, we had the 2008 crash, but nothing like the majority of America wasn't that affected by it. Okay, I know a lot of people that were very affected by it. But I mean, look, this is about this right here is about people having it so damn good that they don't know what it's like to have it bad. They don't know what it's like to be punched in the face. And people like me, I've gone to other countries. I've been to dozens and dozens of countries, and I've seen the worst of the worst. I mean, I've seen some real dumps. And I've seen war, and I've seen hatred, and I've seen the most disgusting, despicable acts on humankind. And I know. And that's why I'm the guy... Who, when someone picks a fight with me, I try to stop it. I try to back down. I try at any cost to not seek violence. Because I've seen the worst of it. But if you back us into a corner, I say it all the time, we will whoop your ass. And I'm sick and tired of people apologizing for being a tough guy. I don't act tough because I know I'm tough. 
I'm a 250-pound Navy SEAL. You want some? Come get some. It's not going to end well. Maybe, maybe I'm not as tough as Elaine Chow, Mitch McConnell's wife, who basically backs her husband up every, every confrontation. She gets up in their face. It's fantastic. But I want peace. But this is where we're going. This is, this is the new norm, I guess. If you don't like... And this is what I love about the left is if, you, if you're a liberal, if you're on the left, and you, you are screaming and, and, and spitting in people's face and, and shouting them down in restaurants and forcing them to leave and kicking them out of public spaces, you're civil. You're just exercising your First Amendment rights. But if you're a Republican and you say something that is offensive, if I use he instead of she or it or I don't refer to somebody by the proper gender pronoun, I'm racist or I'm a bigot. That's that's what, where they get you. So th- them mobbing and looting stores and burning things down with Antifa, ro- these are literally riots with mobs. It's free speech. But Republicans offending somebody, or like when Ben Shapiro goes to Berkeley and he's is he, chased off campus by protesters burning things and throwing gates through windows... He's the fascist. This is this is the stark comparison that we're we're facing today. I mean, it really does annoy me. It's and then you have people like Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta is such a turd. It's unbelievable. There's this new thing going on. If you haven't seen it, it's Dear Diary. And every time Jim, I have an alert on my um, on my Twitter for Jim Acosta, just so I can see what he says, because he always says. I was at a Trump rally, and they turned up the music so loud that we couldn't do a, a broadcast. He's censoring free speech. Oh. So a bunch of people will retweet it and put, Dear Diary. <laughs> it's fantastic because it drives him absolutely bananas, and I love it. But this is, this is you know, they, yes, they turn, guess what? People come to Trump rallies to pump their fists, have a great time, Rah, 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 you know, celebrate America and celebrate strength. The, the line on the TV right now, Trump fires up crowd at Texas rally for Senator Ted Cruz. You're damn right he does. I've never seen the energy. A, first off, the guy's 72 years old. He has more energy than I do. His campaign pace is breakneck. Breakneck. And his rallies have so much energy because people want to be there. People want to be there because they love this guy. Because he's he's going in there, and he may not be perfect, but he's perfect for us. He's throwing elbows when everybody else backed down and kowtowed and catered. He fought for us. He's fighting for us. He doesn't. He's not. He's not getting anything about it. He's not. There's no sweet deals. There's certainly no Russia collusion. So. When you have people like Jim Acosta who whine about, oh, how mean the Trump support. Yes, Trump supporters flicked you off, Jim. Get over it. Who cares? I'm so sick and tired of, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody threw the middle finger at me. I'm, I'm Jim Acosta. Shut up. Shut up. You are such a pompous, arrogant person. Your opinion is irrelevant and incorrect. But you know what? free speech by all means it's free speech so speak on the first amendment gives you the right to offend people it really does 
It does not give you the right to not be offended. And the Democrats have literally banked everything on this. They they have they have absolutely banked everything on a chance to I guess make everyone out to be let's say awful. Everyone who doesn't believe their ter- their terms is is some some level of awful or evil as they called Kavanaugh. But I want you to listen to the Democratic um the party platform video on democrats.org. For decades, Democrats have fought on behalf of the notion that anyone from any walk of life should have a fair shot at achieving their hopes and aspirations. We're the party of the American dream and America's dreamers. Democrats are the party of good trouble and si se puede. From Selma to Stonewall, We've taken to the streets for the cause of equal rights because every American deserves basic fairness. I want to stop right there. Every American does deserve basic fairness. And your idea of basic fairness is dividing everybody up into what I talked about the other day with just separate bean piles. You're a X bean. You're a a X bean. You're, you know, you're an American bean. You're a a black bean. You're a, a Mexican bean. You're, you're all different piles of beans and we can divide you up as we see fit. But you know what? Because there's less of, of, of Guatemalan beans, we have to take more of the white beans and put them down and, and hold them down a little bit. This is what the Democrats do. For, keep listening. No matter an individual's gender, faith, race, who they are, or who they love, we're the party of clean air and water, and we're never going to stop fighting to protect the world we leave our kids. We're the party of common sense gun violence solutions. What, what, can anybody tell me what common sense gun violence solution is? I mean, they always make this, well, if you don't do this, you're for killing kids. Nobody is for gun violence, you idiots. Zero people are, well, I shouldn't say that. 99.9% of people are not for gun violence. And I've said before, I will be, I'm willing to make a wager that NRA members are more law-abiding than Democrats. Period. I am willing to make a large wager to a charity of choosing on that. Anyway, let's keep going. Because this epidemic has got to end. You know how it ends? It ends with people, good guys with guns, shooting bullets back in the other direction. That's how it ends. Democrats are the party of reproductive health. because Reproductive health. That No, they're not. They're the party that wants you to, to allow you to abort babies. And agree or disagree with that, that is not reproductive health. That is, you know, absolute control over what at some stage becomes an actual baby living inside of you. As women, not politicians, should be in charge of their own bodies. We are the party of Medicare and Social Security. And our fight. That is bankrupt, by the way. Just saying. Fight for the health and well-being of Americans didn't stop at the desk of LBJ. Generation. Wasn't LBJ a known racist person? He did that for votes. Just, just throwing it out there. Later, we're fighting for the Affordable Care Act because no family should have to choose between going to the grocery store or going to the doctor, paying for food or paying for cancer treatment. We're the party of the New Deal and the economic recovery. What economic recovery? I mean, what 
planet do you live on where the Democrats in the recent history, let's say the last eight years, have done anything that has spurred economic advancement? Trump gets in, slashes regulations, slashes taxes. It blows up at record pace, created $7 trillion. In what freaking world can you possibly tell me that the Democratic Party is the party of economic prosperity? Because we know in our hearts that if you work hard and play by the rules, anyone ought to be able to get ahead. Democrats know that our nation is... Play by the rules. Isn't that ironic considering the fact that down on the border they want people to circumvent the rules? Mm-hmm. Oh, that only applies to them when they need it for a talking point. Stronger when we have an economy that grows paychecks, creates good-paying jobs, and gives regular folks a chance to succeed. We know from our history the power of ordinary people to affect extraordinary change. And we are ready to affect extraordinary change like never before. We are Democrats. <laughs> sure you are. Um, that, I mean, that is a, is a nice, nice preamble, I guess. So, and I know I've, go, I've done this before and I want to go through it again because it, it's very important. The, if you go on to the Democrat, it is, it is difficult, but you have to sort through their page to find out who we are as Democrats, it says. And what is our party platform? And literally, the number one thing, the absolute number one thing on their page is raising workers' wages. I mean, it, it's number one. The, it's the first fundamental platform for the Democratic Party. Now, they're, they want to do it through legislation, which is slow, limited, and does not actually help anybody, rather regulates people into actually having less jobs. Because when you raise minimum wage, technology becomes less expensive than manpower. Fact. Happened here in Connecticut. I'll say it again. It happened here in Connecticut when they raised the minimum wage to 10 10, 10, 10 an hour. McDonald's installed LCD screens because the cost benefit factor was better for computers it was cheaper to then go out and buy the computer and maintain the software than it was to hire a human also computers aren't late they don't talk back they don't do a crappy job they don't mess up orders all sometimes you have these problems with people not all the time but sometimes especially at minimum minimum wage jobs so the democrat way doesn't work period trump has created higher working wages fact he has the average American is taking home more money now than they were, period. Why won't the Democrats work with him on this? Why won't they say, oh, you know what, actually, Trump did a pretty good job there. Maybe we should give him credit for it. No, they can't give him credit for anything because if they, the second they do, the second they give him credit for absolutely anything, apocalypse. They lose their entire party platform because their, their entire platform is built on resistance. None of the crap that's on this website right now, there's like 500 tabs of what they stand for. And it was clearly written... By some high-priced consultant. It's all in consultant speak. So, they say protecting workers' fundamental rights, like their right to bear arms or their right to free speech, things that you seek to limit from people, um, supporting working families. Well, I'm pretty sure Trump does that as well. That's one of Ivanka's huge platforms. Um Helping more workers share in near-record corporate profits. So here's the problem is when a person, when a, a, a private sector company builds a company, well, let's say company X is built by Bob. 
Bob builds a big company. Because Bob out-innovated the market, Bob is very lucky. Now, Bob can choose to share it with his company, and a lot of people do. A lot of people do. They give bonuses based on company success, but that company does not belong to the workers. It is built on the backs of the workers, but is also built on the innovation of Bob. So when you have a number of people working their butts off for this guy, a good boss rewards them accordingly. And I know that, I mean, the company I work for, Some of those people have been there 30 plus years because they take good care of their people. So there's there's a great number of things in here, and it's it's the fight for economic and fairness. That you go down the list a little bit. Reining in Wall Street, fixing our financial system. Don't rein in Wall Street because guess what? My wife works on Wall Street. I have many friends who work on Wall Street. When bonuses come, it's not like we hoard that money. We're like, hey, let's go on a vacation. Economic opportunity to, you know, location X. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Okay. Or, or hey, let's put in a patio. Landscaping company. Pouring all that money into them. That's how the system works. We exchange this. They, they, want, they want to regulate Wall Street. I mean, look at Dodd-Frank. It basically crushed... The financial industry. They, it, it, here's another thing. Promoting fair trade. Trade that is fair and benefits the American workers. Yeah. Didn't, isn't that like one of the pillars of what Trump is trying to do? And is doing with the new NAFTA? He's renegotiating with Europe? China? China! So here, here you go. Here's bringing Americans together and remove barriers to opportunities ending systemic racism I'm, I'm not entirely sure what systemic racism what what that's aimed at here what i am sure of is that there's what i believe they're they're getting at here is that there is institutional racism and there isn't there's no institute you show me a law that is racist in intent and i'll agree with you but it, there is no law that anywhere in anywhere that i know of that is racist in intent. There just isn't. There are laws out there that disproportionately affect people of color, people who are not of color, people of certain religions, people of not, but it's not racist in intent. It's designed with the greater good. There is no such thing as institutional racism. There are racist people in America. There absolutely are. And they shouldn't be. There's no reason to be racist. I I, I mean... I've I've said stuff in the past, but I'm not a racist. The, the people have accused me of being racist, but I'm not a racist person at all. I was head of community service for the United States of America. <laughs> There's just racist people don't do that, and this list goes on and on. I didn't, I encourage you to look through this platform and really digest it because. There's a lot of stuff in there that they say they stand for, but have defied defied Trump at every. Every single corner. So, you know, this is something that people need to understand. The Democratic Party is running a campaign of, of, these are reasonable issues that they should be concerned about. Well, some of them are. Some of them are stupid. But some of them, like, you know, here's another one. Fighting for the people of Puerto Rico. Sure. Okay, fine. You know, sounds like a good idea. Puerto Rico's not paying their fair share. You know, Honoring the people of territories. Sure, that sounds good. Investing in rural rural America. I'm affiliated with the URC. 
the Urban Revitalization Revitalization Coalition. Okay, these are good things. The infrastructure there needs to be done. Jobs would be created. These are these are noble things. They're just not doing it in any discernible or effective manner. Republicans have come in and figured out a way to do it better than you. You can't fund this kind of thing. You can't continue to, to dump government dollars and expect the economy to bloom because the government doesn't create any dollars. And I want to talk about that in our deficit. We are in record tax revenue right now, even though we had tax cuts. Because of those tax cuts, <gasps> ooh, it's almost like this happened once before in history under Reagan. Oh, wait, it did. Tax cuts make people spend money because they have more money. Therefore, more revenue, more expansion, more GDP, more taxable revenue, and so on and so forth. So, we right now we at we are at eight hundred billion dollars in deficit. Deficit and debt are two different things. So debt is like twenty one trillion dollars trillion dollars, and servicing that debt is becoming increasingly more expensive. So right now we spend eight hundred billion dollars with a B more than we take in. Now, if you're a family and you take in $100,000 a year, is it appropriate for you to spend $180,000 a year? No, it is not. I mean, it's not exactly the same. say $140,000 a year. That's about the ratio. And it is not okay. And I would encourage the president to veto any bill that comes to his desk that is not a balanced budget. The problem is spending. The problem is not revenue. The problem is spending. We spend money on the dumbest stuff in the world. And I'm going to go through some of those things. Like Here, here is Department of Defense bird watching, $283,500. Now, folks, this, is, this list that I got has been compiled, so it could be outdated. Um, it is, here, here's another one, $48,500 to write about Russian smokers. Wow. They spent that much money on that? $48,000 to talk about to you know talk about the history of smoking in Russia for 130 years. Are you kidding me? Like why is that why are we spending any money on that? $406,419 to look at a chicken and egg problem. America's feeling the polarized effects of these days and the National Science Foundation wants to know whether to blame TV pundits. That's what it says. So mass so it gave Massachusetts Institute of Technology more than $400,000 to ponder the burning question, does media choice cause polarization? Or does polarization cause media choice? Who cares? That's not a, a government project. I, I can't wait till the study is actually published. I, I will read this and I'll keep you up. $3.1 billion with a B on vacation for federal employees placed on administrative leave. Okay, so $3.1 billion. Basically, the half a percent of our national deficit, a little bit less, um, on administrative leave. So if you screw something up, I mean royally screw something up, they usually don't fire you. They place you on administrative leave for who knows how much time. So that rather than being fired... Just like when, remember when the DEA employees were caught uh, with prostitutes and they were given bonuses instead of being fired. This is, I mean, the, the GAO reports that five federal agencies alone 
just five, spent $3.1 billion on workers placed on administrative leave in a two-year time span. That's a ton of cheddar. They, they couldn't, this is, they're banned from their desks. They're like, hey, stay home. It's a free vacation. And then they usually come back and there's no consequences. Here you go. $5,000 for a documentary film about Madison County, North Carolina's best fiddler. I mean, what moron signed off on this grant? I mean, who are these people? Then it was the National Park Service forked over $5,000 to a university so it could make a documentary film about a local musician. Fine, you know what? You want to go make that documentary? Go ahead. It's not government dollars. Here, $150,000 to understand why politics stress us out. I'll tell you why politics stress us out. Because people shout you down in public. Because the opposing opinions from the Democrats, they cannot have a conversation. They cannot have a conversation about um, anything remotely emotional to them. So they needed $150,000 spent to report that. Hey, folks, I just gave it to you for free. This is a free podcast. Here you go. There's regulating llama farmers out of existence. Okay, here's $65,473 to figure out what bugs do near a light bulb? Are you freaking kidding me? What bugs do near a light bulb? This is so dumb. I mean, a study of how much water it takes the average American to do their dishes. I don't know. Look at their water meter. Ask the water company. Hey, around seven thirty, eight o'clock, do people use more water? Yes. How much more? Okay, cool. There's an average. $35,000 for solar-powered beer. The Department of Agriculture spent $35,000 to literally have people drink taxpayer dollars. Folks, this is what we're up against. This is why our, our deficit is what it is. Because we've allowed it to be. We've, allowed to, we've, been, we've been electing morons who do this. And we can't get a balanced budget amendment because once you're in, you want... And, and this is how it works. There's no such thing as a single-issue bill. I want to build a bridge. Oh, well, with that bridge in Kentucky, if we're going to get federal dollars, then my, you know, the Senator X from, you know, from Montana says, well, we need to get money for my, for, for my dam. We need a dam there. And, and the person from North Carolina says, well, we need a road. And so they put it all in these bills as earmarks. And then you, you finally get to vote on this bill, and it's got 150 people all getting some sort of subsidy for something. And buried deep in there is a study for shrimp running on a treadmill because their friend wants to do a study on that, and they thought it would be cool. I mean, it's just really dumb. It's so dumb that this is how it works. Balance the budget, and Trump veto anything that comes to your desk without the wall and that is not balanced because we got to start trimming down, and we can't start trimming down until we actually fix the problem. The problem is spending on stupid shit like we see here. I know I'm not supposed to swear, but it's so stupid. 
Folks, I appreciate you tuning in. This is the Carl Higby Show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Carl Higby. We're going to be moving to a new time slot, too. We're going to be moving to 8 p.m. on Red State Talk Radio starting next week. Uh, we also have something uh, big on the horizon we're going to we're gonna share it with you. But I appreciate all your listens. We've gotten uh, hundreds of, of your responses on uh, – actually, thousands of your responses on Twitter and hundreds through email. So I really appreciate you uh, you writing in. Folks, this is the Carl Higby Show, and uh, keep tuning in. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks so much. Bye.